have me in its cell That old black magic that you weave so well Those icy fingers up and down my spine The same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine The same old tingle that I feel inside And then that elevator starts to ride And down and down I go Round and round I go Like a leaf that's caught in the tide I should stay away But what can I do? I hear your name And I'm a flame A flame with such a burning desire Blessings Blessings I say Let the energy of the great divine creator Allow this time that we have to share be magnificent and a part of everybody get what they need and it raise us up our enlightenment and awareness of the world and of our needs and our wants. I said. So I am so glad to finally be speaking to you. We are finally back on the air. It's been yeah. a hard journey. So tell us what's been going on with you. Well, I've been basically um, handling a high volume of clientele um, with this shift that's going on right now. And I've been working on my product line um, for everyone. I you know, trying to go from put something out that's a little bit more general as opposed to the the custom things that I make for clients. I um, and I'm also, and this has to do with our topic this evening, I've also been recovering from a healing session that I did a couple of weeks ago and where I kind of uh, impulsively... Um, did something with someone um, because I felt so compelled because they were suffering so much. And I didn't properly prepare myself, you know, and I definitely underestimated um, the needs of this person. So when I gave of myself, um, I kind of, I guess in a way I made myself ill. I kind of took on their their burden, you know, literally. So I've just been using this time not only to uh, advance in certain areas, other areas of my life, but also to restore balance and strength. That's it. So that's what's been going on with me. How about you? How are you doing? Well, I am also um, finished going through, just recently finished going through a major shift in my consciousness where mm-hmm. I let guilt for choosing uh, fathers for my children that were, you know, they were, they were um, 
fucked up absentee fathers, forgive me for saying that. But mm-hmm. uh, for one, and um, I have been holding guilt for that, but I recognize that there are no accidents, that my children were meant to come here and that, you know, I was meant to be the vessel for their path to come here. And I'm very proud of the women or queens that they have come to be. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times, you know, we all want guilt for years and years. And um, I let go of that guilt and also, you know, just really allowed myself to return and shift back into a healer and not uh, limiting myself. I want to say that the reason why we're going through this is because of the Saturn-Mars retrograde. And Saturn is a, um, the the moon actually is absorbing that. So Saturn is a planet of restriction and, you know, it's going through retrograde. So that means it's more um, difficult to help others if we don't look at first helping ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. that no matter what we do, we have to control ourselves first. You know, we can't just rush out there and do work with people because we feel compassion for them and because as empaths, we feel what they feel, empaths. Am I saying it right? I think I was empaths. We're empaths, E-M-P-A-T. So um, for us to feel what other people feel, you know, is, magnificent as a gift, but it's a gift that must be balanced. We ourselves cannot be able to heal others when we have something in our heart or something going on within ourselves that we have not addressed. So Mars is a planet of aggression, you know, and and aggression Mm -hmm. is and then when it's in retrograde, it's like passive aggressiveness, you know, where oh, okay. you may do something for someone and that person has been wretched to you. And within you, you haven't really explained to them that they have taken what you've given them and trampled them like the the pigs do pearls under their feet, giving swine, pearls to swine. Trampling mm-hmm. on feet, so that also is something that you know when the full, when the full moon is affected, our emotions are affected by that, so that we shift into a passive aggressiveness of taking care of people that we have some resentment in our hearts for what you know they've done in the past. Okay. And that we have to do is we have to let go of the pain of the past, acknowledge what we need to acknowledge and move forward. Right. Someone had recently, um, 
I dreamed that I was with Michelle Obama and her daughters and her mother. <laughs> her mother, I'm sorry. It was the mm-hmm. most amazing dream. <laughs> wow. Yes. And my mother was there, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was really a profound dream. I just had to say that because I never usually dream about anybody other than my personal family. Have you found yourself having a lot of vivid dreams as of late? Because yes. a lot of my clients, yes. um, they seem to be in overdrive when it comes to um, their dreams. Mm-hmm. The ancestors are clearly giving us messages that mm-hmm. we need to um, pay attention to. And, yeah, you know. These are people that don't usually recall their dreams. Mm-hmm. But they're being able to recall them in detail, you know, and they're trying to get them. The the mother, the divine mothers, and I don't mean to cut you off, I'm sorry. The divine Mm -hmm. mothers are always calling us within our dreams, the divine mother ancestors within our dreams, letting us know that we could be far more than we give ourselves credit for. Right. Right. Well, there's definitely a movement taking place in the um, collective consciousness of healers, uh, empaths, intuits, and um, people of that nature. I'm just, you know, kind of observing all of that. And it's weird because a lot of my clients, new clients that have been coming to me as of late, um, they have their particular gifts in this way. And they're totally unaware of it until I point out to them that they've been basically going through their entire lives serving as that function. You know, so whether you're a counselor or um, a dream interpreter or a healer, you know, or things of that nature, these people have basically, the reason I find that they're in such despair is because they have already been fulfilling this role unbeknownst to them. You know, but to a degree, and this goes back to our topic of this evening, which is the consequences of practicing magic unconsciously or, um, how can I say, um, unconsciously, or even in a deliberate manner, but without taking proper steps or precautions or things of that nature. You know, and a lot of them, a lot of my clients are drained. They're just tapped out. You know, their, their reservoir is on E because they've been doing this. And because, you know, we talked about as above, so below. So there's an increase in ability but there's also a increase in the need for people with these abilities because um, it's like chaos is at an apex, right? Right. So let's say you are in your circle. You're a healer. And uh, let's say you heal through words and, of course, energy. But you're unaware that this is the role that you've assumed in your life or your circle. So here you have 
individuals that you come in contact with daily that are in such despair, and they are literally drawing from you every day, and you don't even realize it. To you, it's just a common conversation, or whether you're the person that runs around and does the errands for them, or um, you take up their fight, you know, as far as defending them, whatever it is, you know, and these are based on your abilities as an empath. So you're engaging these abilities. You just don't even realize it. You kind of just instinctually know what to say and do, you know, to help heal this person or relieve their suffering. Okay. You're doing it constantly, constantly doing this every day, every day. And then one day you realize that your situation, you're basically living in shambles, emotionally, financially, things of that nature. So I have a client come to me in this state, and then I'll point out to them, well, you know you, 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 know, you are what some may call a prophetess, or you know you are a healer, you know, or you are an empath or dream interpreter, whatever the case may be. And they're looking at me like, really? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'll tell them when I see. And basically, you know, that's when they go into shock mode because they're like, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what happens every day. You know, and that's what I've been doing. And then we go into the next step of, okay, so being that you didn't know this is what you've been doing, it's safe to assume that you take no precautions before engaging in this ritual every day. And, of course, their answer is no. They might do a little something, but what we do to prepare should be in alignment with the task it is that we're getting ready to perform. And that's kind of what caught me out there a couple of weeks ago. I did a hands-on healing. I did a, a, a verbal, you know, healing, but I also did a hands-on healing. Oh, and I, I didn't take precautions, I just felt so compelled because this person was in so much pain and suffering that I went, it was like, you know, we go into uh, EMS mode. You know, it's like, okay, emergency, I'm getting ready to apply X, Y, Z. You know, and the person, of course, they felt better, and they, but it seemed as they recovered, I started to become, I started to fall ill. And it wasn't just a physical illness, you know, which that's pretty easy to identify. Right. I'm talking about the illness when chaos starts to infiltrate small aspects of your life, business, relationship, organization, you know, things of that nature. And I, it was hard for me to identify initially because, even though I was taking on the negative effects of what was happening to that person, prosperity was still blooming around me. So that's what kind of, you know, that's what kind of um, kept me aloof for a little while because I was like, well, you know, I'm still getting these opportunities and things are still going forth and my family's doing great. It was all about everybody else and everything, and I didn't stop to say, but you as an individual – are not well. You're not balanced. So it was becoming increasingly hard for me to take, to 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 grasp the benefits of all the things that were going on around me. 
And that's when it dawned on me, like, hey, remember you did such and such for so-and-so? So I did a follow-up, and they were doing really great. And I was like, oh, man. You know, like, I, I kind of feel the way they describe they feel. You know, and I say all of this to you guys to say this. We talk about everyday magic and how it surrounds us and how we um, engage in it knowingly, sometimes unknowingly. Um, it doesn't always have to be, you know, this mysterious, complicated, intricate uh, ritual using tools and incantations, and it's not always like that. Sometimes it's the things that we unknowingly do every day in our life, and we're just not aware of it. You know, someone can say, hey, I have a headache, and you walk over and squeeze their shoulders and rub their neck. First of all, know who you are. If you know who you are, you'll know it's not as simple as you get to do those type of things if you're a person that absorbs other people's energy easily and in depth. So you have to maybe say, well, give me a moment. You know, I'll give you a little massage. Let me go in and do something real quick. And then you go and do whatever it is you do to prepare yourself to exchange energies and come out of the situation unscathed. You know, you have to think like this because it can really set you off balance. That's right. You know, it can set you off balance. And you have, I'm pretty sure after all the shows I've done, a lot of you guys have went and got all these books, you know, and found different sources of information and things of that nature, which is great. But as I always tell you, never neglect your instinct as to um, what benefits you. What benefits one person does not benefit the other. That's it. You know. So don't become ritualistic in mimicking other people's magic, you know, um, and their way of thinking and, and, and that type of thing. Um, always be able to integrate your personal signature of power and love and peace and balance and your goals into what it is that you're working with. One of the things I did to get myself back on track was I made a – wash for myself, particularly for my hair and my head. And in this I put lemongrass, frankincense, basil, right? And I made a, put a little of that to the side, and I added that with some dead sea salt, and that was my body scrub. And then um, with some... um, with some, I made a, a shampoo um, for myself, and I put um, the lemongrass, the frankincense, uh, let's see what else. I put some basil and um, a little bit of sage, right? And I had a couple of other ingredients. I can't give you those. That's my trade secret. But anyway, That's- so I mixed all that stuff up, and I did my body scrub, and I did my hair, and when I tell you, and, of course, I had my prayer ready, right, my incantation um, of, of where I was dispelling and drawing, okay? And I rinsed my hair 
with some spring water, you know, after I was finished. But when I tell you a fog lifted, not only did a fog lift, but I physically felt like somebody climbed down off of my shoulders. I couldn't believe how light my step was. It was ridiculous. I, I just was like, wait a minute. How long have I been walking around with this on me? Mm. And and it's a bad thing when you get accustomed to certain type of burdens. That's when you know, you know, like you have to make a change. You shouldn't be accustomed to suffering. That's That's not You know, trial and tribulation is one thing, you know, which is where we engage in something and we grow and learn from it and we move on. But perpetual suffering or being stifled or even uncomfortable, that's not good, be it home, in a relationship, in the workplace, um, in your spiritual sanctuary, where maybe you go to congregate. These are not places that you should find um, conflict and pain. You should never become accustomed to it. And you should definitely not you should definitely not fear change because we should constantly be in a state of evolution. You know? So us as magical beings, those who are aware of our power and our ability to tap into the all, the universal energies, we should never be in a position where we're stagnant for too long. Because that means we're not utilizing our craft. I see. You know, and me as a person who heals and aids others, that's really a bad thing. So if that's something that you do, um, be it in your profession or just in your circle, like I said, or you're the healer of the family and this type of thing, and you can't get your stuff together, something's not good. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Try to just make sure that you are always aware of the shifts and changes that are taking place within yourself, especially if you're a person who is constantly giving and healing and counseling. You may have to step your uh, routine up when it comes to your magic. You may have to start incorporating uh, more time of meditation and prayer, um, you may have to spruce up your environment. You may have to uh, paint, get the carpet shampooed. It might not be as simple as, oh, well, I did some smudging. You may need to throw out something. You may need to replace something. You may need to hey. um, reinvent yourself and your environment. You may have to shift your company. You may have to let some people go, and you may need to incorporate some new people into your life. But don't get stuck in things because it'll do you harm in the long run. What do you think about this, Queen Mother? Oh, I think that you're speaking. I'm not shaming you because you're speaking truth. You have to do more work on yourself to allow your magic to manifest for you that you do for yourself because as a healer, to use your gifts to heal other people, You've got to be centered. And it's not that you can't do work, but you have to be mindful of 
when you're doing work that mm-hmm. you have done your part to protect yourself and protect your own or your head because your head is who blesses you. And if your head is carrying around a, a weight, it's not going to be able to bless you because you haven't allowed it to be clean and set free. Normally when I'm um normally when I'm gonna do a hands on healing, depending mm-hmm. on what I'm working with with that person. Right. Um I'll wrap my head sometimes. I say. And I even very- do that for readings. You know, sometimes you know, I don't wanna receive nor do I wanna expel certain things via my crown. I say. Right? So I will protect it. I will wrap it up. And I know in the Ifa faith, that's something also that's um, practiced. Can you break that down? Well, you know, in Ifa, the manifestation of, you know, of things that are supernatural are not considered magic. So let me just say that right away. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Ifa does create miracles in the different sayings of the Reiki. You could say the Reiki, you could wash your head. And the Reiki are poems and songs. Well, songs are so ring. But a Reiki is the um, the praise poetry for, you know, the Agungo, which is the ancestors, the Rishas, which are the forces of nature, the energies, the divine energies that Dude, let me turn off my phone to give you. Queen Mother Velma, I am on the line now. I don't mean to be rude, but can I call you back, Queen Mother? Thank you. Well, I'm going to call you tonight. Thank you so much. Bye, dear. I'm sorry, that was uh, Queen Mother Velma Banks. How show she's to be starting soon with her. And she is teaching, you know, as far as a teaching social worker. That's who can okay. heal her. She's a, a traditional healer, and she uses the practice of social work to heal people. But what I was saying was that in Ifa, the Ori is also honored and worshipped, and we have to do things to clear the Ori. And some of that praise poetry that is assigned to Ori can free you up. Feel the energy of the praise poetry setting you free from the different energies that are holding you down. And, you know, giving you positive energy because you know that you're walking on this earth to do something good in the community, do something mm-hmm. good for yourself, do something good for others. So Ifa really does manifest and have a similar approach to what you did to eliminate that burden that you were carrying. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I did for myself was to take my Oshun bath, which is my Oshun, you know, that I have, and use her orders to heal me 
And when I finished, I was amazed at the manifestation of abundance and doing her reekies and getting her spirit on and all was so beautiful. And when I came out of it, I was light, I was free. And I had mm-hmm. that, you know, I was holding on to guilt, my own personal issue. Because I feel the energy of the world as well. I feel the abuses right. that have gone on with other people and children and, you know, the... Well, that's the, that collective consciousness I spoke of. I say, I say. And, and we're becoming very in tune with the fact that we are part of a collective consciousness, meaning, you know, a lot of us are walking around, well, we're some of us, um, carrying certain burdens, and we didn't know the origin of those burdens. It was very hard to decipher what is what. But once you become conscious that you are part of a collective energy, then it's not too hard to figure out why you're feeling a certain way. Besides the planetary alignments, besides, um, you know, what what someone may give you an analysis of your life and your problems and things you need to do differently and just all of that stuff, sometimes that's just not enough to account for these extra emotions. I say. You know, you, you, you just can't figure out why. But if you sit down and think on a collective conscious level, and I'm talking about, yeah, from here to the Ukraine to India to Africa, okay. you know, to Europe, if you're able to broaden your spectrum of perception, and then you take it to another level, we're talking about endangered species of animals, animals that are being caged how we once were, and put on display. Okay, we're talking about waters, oceans being polluted and contaminated and and soil being drained of its life-giving properties and replaced with all these artificial chemicals and things. It's all the the imbalance that is taking place. You'll be able to say to yourself, oh, that's why I feel this way. And then I'm not saying it's a dooming um, forecast. But what you, for some it will be because that's how they're limited in their minds. But right. for others, for those of us that, are, that can think on a much more optimistic level, so we see now, okay, I have to do something, you know, um, and I, and it doesn't have to be, again, these phenomenal acts of contrition. You know, it can be little things. I just told, and I know this sounds silly, and you're like, what does this have to do with magic? But I just told um, my best friend, I'm going to stop using Ziploc bags. She's like, why? And I said, because our aquatic brothers and sisters, the animals, they're swallowing them. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. Do you know how many aquatic animals are being cut open and found with a belly full of Ziploc bags? Because they look like jellyfish when they're in the ocean? Our trash? And she was like, wow. Now I'm going to tell you how that ties into magic. 
A lot of people are quick to use this term, but I don't think they understand it. They talk about karma, right? You think that karma, they, they think that karma is something like, oh, you just, um, like if you steal from someone or, or you do, you know, if I get into a fight with you, I lie to you or, you know, I live a wretched life of doing this, that, and the other. Karma's going to come and get me, <laughs> right? But let's take it on another level. Let's look at it as putting energy out, doing deeds that have a rippling effect through, you know, our, our existence. I don't want to consciously, it's one thing if I was doing it unconsciously, I don't want to consciously participate in any ritual, and a, we know what rituals are, and it doesn't have to be confined to uh, just magic, you know, and things of that nature, and religion. Ritual is something you do the same way over and over again, right? That's one um, explanation of it. I don't want to knowingly participate in a system that brings harm to something else. Okay. For, for my own convenience. To me, once I make that distinction in my mind that this deed that I'm doing may eventually cause the harm of something else, I feel, personally, I have just increased my magic. And the law of attraction will work where maybe anything perpetrated against me will come to an end. Okay. Because that's the energy I put out. Okay. I don't want to consciously do things to bring about a negative result in anything else. I don't want to affect nature in an ill way, knowingly. Because then I think that the way the laws work, It'll find its way back to me some way, somehow. It will. So that was part of my magic. I say. Good intent, sending out love. I say. You know, desire to alleviate suffering. You know, again, we got to abandon Hollywood's version of magic. I'm talking about practical, everyday magic. I say. Of the spirit, of intent, of deeds. You know? And I think that when I go forth in my endeavors to invoke, I have a little clout with me now because I put, I invested, I sowed a seed, right, of goodwill, of love, of harmony, of balance. I sowed that seed. Your power. Not even, I, not looking for right and not looking for reward. Doing it right. just because it's the right thing to do. I say, and you have increased your power. And that is Ifa. That is living with good character. That is standing mm -hmm. with what you believe in. I say, I say, I say, oh, you have spoken truth again. The truth is, is that we affect everything. Nothing is not affected by our actions. If you just Put a word of love, you know, in your heart when you go out to meet a person and you give them your love and compassion. You say in your mind, I love you. As you look at them, you treat them with the respect and the way that they deserve to be treated. You have increased your power. You have increased your magic. 
And that goes both ways. It because does. Because if I step out with the ill intent to do harm, you know, um, and and I'm negative, you know, and I set out with the spirit of of discord and being disagreeable, you know, like that's my goal, then that's what I'm going to draw somewhere. I don't know where it'll come from, but that's what I'm drawn as well. I say. Again, I separate that from um, because I believe in someone defending themselves. I'm not saying leave yourself defenseless, you know, and get but if you put out love, if you put out love and and compassion in your heart, you don't have to worry about being defensive because get what you put out, and you only receive those things in which you have put out. So if you are finding that things are going for you right now crazy, you know, your magic is not having the effect that it needs to have for you to draw and manifest, then you have to look at yourself. You have to look in the mirror and see what is it that I'm not doing correctly. I'll give you a perfect example of what you're saying, Queen Mother. I've been grappling with I've been grappling with the thoughts of homeschooling one of my children because I don't particularly care for the energy of the educator in this class, right? Right. Now, um, this person has not done anything particular that, you know, I would send up a flag with the child. Right. And the, my child, is, I see my child thriving and growing in areas of, of uh, emotionally as well as academically based upon that particular learning environment as well as the social skills being developed. So I'm very happy with all of that. But, of course, as an empath, I'm picking up on other things with this educator. And this educator, who I'm assuming is an empath because of her field, and I've watched her interact with the children, she's an empath. But on some level, I think the job has become abusive when it comes Put it like this, she assumes a role that would almost assuredly phase out a parent. She likes to work by herself, in her mind and physically, <laughs> right, which, can, which is not always healthy, you know, because then you don't know how to interact with those that you have to integrate and acknowledge their role. So she is almost like a den mother, right? She goes straight into mother mode, and the actual biological mother she almost pushes them out the door and is like, let me work my craft. Let me do what I do the way I do it. Right. So, you know, no bueno for me. I don't like that, you know. Uh, so anyway. No, you're the first teacher, your child. <laughs> right. So, you know, everything became a struggle when I would talk to this person and try to tell them something like, well, this is what's going on. And I would like, no, 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 I know, I got this, and that type of thing. So that really started to turn me off, 
and it led to a lot of other emotions and thinking. So I started to wig out. A client of mine who is in the field of counseling children and working with them, she said to me, but she's also my client, and she said to me, I don't understand why you haven't settled this a long time ago. You have all the gifts it takes to fix this. You could make her do anything you want her to do. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, well, you, you, meaning I can come at her in a manner to where it would be more um, conducive to what I would like done with my child, as well as she's saying spiritually there are things you can do. Now, we're not talking about controlling somebody's spirit. She's talking about creating a positive environment where cooperation and a mutual respect can bloom, right? And I never thought of it like that. I didn't even think about because, again, when you work solely from an emotional base, sometimes things get distorted. You know, and because when it comes to my children, I am on 1,000, <laughs> you know, I didn't even think to take it down, take it back, revamp what's happening, you know, get my little things together, my print, you know, send out that energy, like my can, dress my canvas. I didn't even think to do any of that. So I was working myself up to, I'm just going to take her out. I'll find her somewhere else and blah, 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 blah. And it took my client saying it to me, and I was like, wow. And then I started to think a lot of my problems with her don't even stem from her. They stem from I had a very bad experience in New York with the public school system with one of my children. So I was bringing all this baggage into what's going on now, and I was attracting. I didn't even realize I was approaching the situation in a disagreeable energy or spirit to everything. And so it's like what you're saying. It's like saying I called that into existence. So it's like we're working our magic all the time, all the time, waking, sleeping, whatever. We are in motion. You know, and we're working with energy, and we're working with our power. And a small lapse in my judgment as far as not acknowledging who I am and what I can do could have cost me and my child a very otherwise great experience with this educator. But because on my way to the school, I was already upset. I didn't even get there yet, but I'm already approaching angry. You know, I'm going to, she better not this. You know, I was already using my energy to create cause and effect. So when I got there, of course, my energy met with her energy, her wall, and we clashed. And that's what had been happening. Every time we spoke, we would clash. And we have never discussed this. And so nothing was done formally between her and I, but the moment I did a mirror um, spell on myself, right, which was basically about um, reveal to me 
the true face of the um, mischief maker. Right. And all I saw was myself staring back at me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You exactly see? what I'm talking about. Exactly. I did my little spell and, you know, dressed my mirror for protection and boundaries because you don't want anything coming through that portal that you're opening. Or as right. um, one of my favorite people, she calls it opening a gate. You don't want nothing coming through that gate. So you have to be responsible and dress and set up your environment okay. because you're calling on other things to intercede and work with, right? And I did all of that. And I didn't say to myself, oh, it's not working. I don't see anything but me. Because when I went into the spell, I went in with an open mind and heart. I wanted the truth. That's no it. matter what the truth was. And guess what the truth was? It was me. That's I was the troublemaker. I was taking trouble up to that school every day, in my heart and in my mind. I didn't disrespect her, and I wasn't aggressive or nothing like that, but the energy was there. And it could have cost me some very good things, as well as my child. I say poison. You were developing poison. I was. That poison. Me Ill. Yeah, it makes you ill. Do we, do we have any callers on the line that you think might want to try me? Yeah, we have a, a caller online. Yes. 720. Hello. Greetings. And I love. Hello. Hello, yeah. ladies. I say love and light. Love and light. Thank you. What do you think about what what we're talking about? I think that a lot of times, especially us as women, we do do that because we kind of forget to focus on the gifts that we have. Usually, because there's so much going on in our lives, you know, that right. we don't put that focus on the power that we have. And in this reality, we're kind of made so much to feel like we are powerless that sometimes right. we kind of buy into that in a way. And yeah. it's hard to kind of go back to saying, no, you know, take your power back. I think but society that's what we definitely do. does breed, um, breed the mentality of our destiny and our quote-unquote reality is based upon outer element, you know, and, and situations around us. And when we get caught up in that, it's like we're giving away our power, we're giving away our happiness, we're giving away our success, so that it's almost to a point where no matter what you do in your magical manifesting lifestyle, you don't get the full results, you know, if, if any results at all, because it's almost like the power is coming from something or someone else. Definitely. Definitely. You know, and then in a way you kind of forget. I mean, once you once you realize that um, the power is there for you to take a hold and start to utilize it, I think you'll do it more and more. But a lot of us don't even know that it's there. You know, we're kind of waking up to that fact that it's actually there because we've been allowing someone else to control that over us for so Mm -hmm. yeah. Alone. I know I have. I know this sounds a little silly, but I'm thinking of something as trivial as 
we grew up with a food pyramid, right? That's what they taught us yes. in school. That's right. And we thought that that was nutrition. And if we followed yes, that we food pyramid, <laughs> we would be guaranteed health. So we yes, gave our power away to even think for ourselves what things are right um, for our bodies. When I was in the nation, we're taught um, that navy beans are the best thing you can consume, right? Well, come right. and find out certain blood types. You shouldn't eat navy beans. Oh, wow. But who would, who would think of that? Who would even yeah, stop to think that? Know. Yeah, what about the person who's so enthralled in this philosophy and religion and theology that they don't think for themselves, so they don't even know, maybe I'm allergic to navy beans. Yeah. But if God ordains it, who wants to be allergic to what God has ordained? Or what man said God has ordained? Because but, what I found in these religions, man. though, is if, if the prophet of God tells you this is what you should be doing, if you go against the prophet, you go against God. That's what all these religions teach. Right. Okay. And that that doesn't absolve either even people that practice um, Wiccan or Wicca or I mean anything. When you have a figurehead who is the only person that can hear God, but nobody else that's can. The problem. <laughs> that's the problem. That's the problem. I'm not even just gonna say religion. I'm talking about in life when okay. it comes to your power. So only so and so in the family prays because that's the, the head of the family. So they're in charge of praying and invoking, right? Okay. So what, is, so what does that mean for you? That's right. What can you do? You have to Other end than up what being you're a told, follower. You're a yep, follower. That makes you a follower. And there's nothing okay. wrong with following something that's wonderful and great and productive, as long as it does not take away your liberty. Right. To initiate your own power mentally and physically. Anything that tells you you cannot manifest without first taking these steps via them, something's wrong. And you can't rise any higher than whatever you're following. And, and looking at the state of the world, I don't see pretty much high in anything. No. I don't care, any religion, whatever. Not the state that this world is in. If you are practicing the all-knowing, all-powerful, um, you know, just if you are the master of the universe, well, then what the hell have you been doing here? You on vacation or something? I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because this planet is pretty jacked up right now. There's some people suffering yeah. Where tragic is an understatement. So what are you doing? And I don't want to hear that bull crap, well, you know, it's, it got to be this way. No, no, no. What's happening? All you all-knowing, perfect, I got the truth, y'all can't come together and get something popping right now for <laughs> for the masses? Right. You haven't received that special revelation yet? I don't know, something... What if we put the power back into the hands of the individuals, the power to uplift, 
change and save themselves, thus creating a collective rise for everybody. So you see, uh, you know, we got to get on top of that, and, and we as individuals, we have to know, like, hey, I can do some things. I can make some mountains move right. without your book, without your congregation, without your so-and-so. not saying that all these things can't be an asset, but don't lose yourself and your power. You don't have to wait for somebody's word of approval or stamp of approval. We have to come out of that mentality now because we really do have to start manifesting this wonderful, balanced, peaceful place that we want to be, even if it's just in our consciousness right now. You know, once you change your consciousness, the whole world transforms. Your perception of what's happening around you transforms, thus changing the way you carry yourself and the way you interact and the role you play in the grand scheme of things, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. We play a role in all of that. We're not just little angels walking around, oh, I don't do anything wrong. No, you you got some stuff going on in your life that you're contributing in the long run to the collective uh, degenerative condition of uh, a people, a place, an animal, something. So we got to start with ourselves, and one of the great ways, I think, is to acknowledge our power. Yeah. You know, and start practicing your magic. You know, start working yeah. your working that mojo of yours. You know, put a little, yeah. hit, you know, something, a little something. Start somewhere. Start small, medium, large, whatever you have to do. But it's something, sow a seed every day, a seed that you're willing to walk away from and just have the faith that it grew and blossomed and benefited all that it touched. Okay. You know, us as magical beings, we have to do that. It's not just about sitting in your house doing a ritual for money, for romance, for lust, you know. It's time to yeah. think on the grandest theme now. I say, you, know, you have to do your work. What do you want to put out there? What seeds are you trying to sow, especially especially for those of us that are parents? What are you trying to um, put here on this planet, something tangible that will benefit the children, all of the children? You yeah, know, and... You know, we just have to be very conscious. We have to try and really be conscious of what we're able to do, our abilities and the things that we can manifest because sometimes we call into existence very negative things, very hard um, hard feelings and, you know, hurt and pain. And um, for some of us, some people, you know, they've become hardened and they don't care. But for those of us who are empaths and we're trying to um, incorporate our abilities into the grand scheme of things, for those that are able to manifest things, it seems a little bit easier than others or or we have a bigger effect on our environment and those lives that we touch, we should be conscious of that. If you're a writer, if you're a poet, 
if you're a, a songstress, if you are a spiritual figurehead in your community, um, if you're the head of your girlfriends, if you know you got eight girlfriends and everybody comes to you for advice and help and they're watching how you live, we should be conscious of that. Yeah. We should not be a, a negative presence, you know, especially deliberately. You know, these are just things now, and I think that has a lot to do with the shift. And people talk about, oh, what's going on this year and things that are happening. It's almost like it's time to draw the line in the sand. What are you going to be? Yeah. A help or a hindrance? What are you? You know, assume your role and recognize the consequences. But it's going down in that order, <laughs> you know. So I tell this to you powerful people. Be aware of your power. Be conscious of it. And when things start to go awry, normally you don't have to look too far to get to the source of what's happening because a lot of the time it's you. You're the source of the conflict. And you don't have to physically manifest that. You can just be thinking it and carrying that energy in you. So I would, especially for this year, I don't know if you ladies agree, we should incorporate a lot more cleansing uh, rituals physically and spiritually. You know, almost come up with a regimen, you know, and we can talk about that on the next show. This, if you guys want specific things, oh, that I, we definitely can share. Do. I definitely do. I say, you know, that, that's something to be aware and conscious of, you know. And I think we should incorporate that into our daily dealings with the spiritual side of ourselves, you know, maintenance. This is a good time you know, to be so much powerful if we all commit to it and actually are doing it together, you know. Yes. Yes. And I think that would be great if we shared some things, Queen Mother. You know, I get caught up in my Gemini thing and I get off track, so if you can remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we should apply some practical things that we can do. Uh, Maybe everybody can bring a little something with them to to share that they do. You know, like, okay, I'm going to give you this one thing real quick because the show's going off. I combine in my, um, with my pumice, I grind up salt and basil, dry basil for protection. And I put that around the house. And I also do a perimeter around where I live. And I might add a couple of extra things to my mix, but for the most part, that's my basis. Um, And do you just sprinkle it everywhere? I just sprinkle it everywhere. I try not to break the line, but something very light, you know, and while I'm doing it, I'll say my intent. And I ask my ancestors to be the eyes and ears when I'm not physically present. I say. 
to make sure that that line of protection is not broken. That's it. And that's just that's just one little thing that I do. You know. But it, it definitely does protect you. Sometimes I'll throw some dry, um, especially for my people out there that are deeply rooted in their uh, their uh, uh, Indian roots, their Native American roots, right? I would add lavender, dry lavender to that. Maybe a couple of sprinkles of patchouli if you want, you know. I have even taken a very tiny piece of um, turquoise and ground it into a powder and added it to something. So once you once you learn the properties of the things that you work with and you keep yourself open, that child spirit in you that carries your imagination, right? You can almost create and conjure anything and know how to incorporate those things. Who who thinks to grind up crystals, you know, and stones and add them to a powder? Yeah, in a bath or this or that, you know? It, your, your limits are based on your mentality. You're only limited by yourself. So once you can break out of that, you become a phenomenal practitioner, you know, capable of amazing things because you're not held... You're not held back by other people's deeming of your capabilities. Oh, you can't use that that way, and we don't do that that way, and that's impossible. Someone tried to tell me a couple of weeks ago, you don't eat healthy enough, so you'll never reach your full potential. Uh, I just like, yeah, okay, sure. Right. You know, says you. (laughs) You know, and and I'm just thinking it probably blows your mind because I'm probably doing some stuff you can't even do or didn't even think to try on your buckwheat diet. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, I just, it's, you know, and when people go into that, you know, it's, it's better that you uh, pull in your energy and conserve it for a more beneficial conversation or exchange that will not limit your power and your abilities. You know, in spirituality, we have so many red flags that go off, and a lot of us ignore them, but we really shouldn't. When somebody starts telling you you'll never be able to do this and you can't do that, and, well, I do it this way and this is the correct way, well, when they go into that, you know, it's eh, probably time to end the conversation. Yeah. You know, because it, it's not beneficial. It's it's only benefiting your ego. That's right. You know. So like, even well, if my they wanted to give you a view, there's a constructive way to do that. Exactly. And it's never constructive if you try to tell someone what they should do. Like you said, right. Well, you have to be careful that. how people speak over you. 
Because right. you could be giving me some information. I could be doing something, you know, n- not in a way. You know, like I could be eating my banana upside down. <laughs> You're trying to tell me, like, hey, you know, if you peel it from the other side, it's much simpler. That's fine. <laughs> but, you know, when you start speaking over me, restricting the um, words that would basically um, – predict my demise or my failure. That's different. Yeah. I think that's what they mean when they say words have power. You know, that's one of the things. You know, it's not so much, um, you know, that just because you speak a word, it's going to do something. But I think that word in relation to the psyche of your average person can do damage. It can... Yeah, you can hinder them or you can help them. And that goes for what we said ourselves. People don't look to really help, you know. Even Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know that they're doing it, but a lot of them don't really look to help. Again, because they're so caught up in their own, it's like they want to drag you down into their misery instead of trying to fix their own misery and not trying to, you know, pretty much transfer it onto someone else. I wonder, I wonder, because um, I go through it myself, how do people determine what they are able to impact and what is out of their power and has to run its own course? Like somebody once asked me, because my mother is very ill, and they were like, how can you heal other people but you can't heal your own mother? And um, my response to them is, she has her own choices that she makes. Right. You know, sometimes when people ask for help, they really don't want help. Want it. Exactly. You know, and sometimes people have to endure certain trials and tribulations for them to evolve by choice, mm-hmm. knowingly or unbeknownst to them. You know, or like me, they'll be like, well, how could you get sick and you're a healer? And I'm thinking, where, what part of the cosmos do you come from? Like, how do you think things work? And then I have to say to myself, oh, they're thinking along the lines of, like, bewitched, like you're Tabitha or something. Yeah. Like, you just, you know, like you just wrinkle up your nose and blink and things happen. Right. That's not, there are laws, there's universal natural laws. You know, and things have to run their course based upon cause and effect. You know, if if I'm diabetic and I decide I'm going to drink Kool-Aid every day, all day, I don't care who I hire, I've set into motion certain things. Exactly. You know, and people don't realize that. Like, you know, I, I don't come along and, you know, make a dollar out of 15 cents, it was already a dollar there. You just didn't see it. I might have a little bit more clarity and know how to manifest something, but that stuff is already there. That's right. You know, I'm not grasping at straws. These things are tangible on some level, you know. So as magic workers, as manifestors and and things of that nature in our life and other people's lives know that all the stuff that we're engaging is already there. We're not conjuring out of nothing. 
we are working with something, be it energy, materials, um, intent, you know, things of that nature, people's thoughts, people's desires, you know, and, and all that type of stuff. It's all there for us to tap into and work with. You know, some can do more, you know, or some can do different work, you know, depending on that individual. But we can really do some things, you know. And it's, this is not um, not what a lot of people, you know, perceive it to be. And I think ill perception affects um, what, people are able to manifest and tap into. Mm. I'll say it does. Most certainly does. So I'm going to wrap it up here because it's getting late. I'll say it's very powerful. What you uh, were speaking on, very powerful. I hope that people understood it. You know, and they, I do they, as well. Oh, uh, we have. Oh my goodness! Let me just let everybody say their piece. Uh, greetings, you all online. Sorry. Six four six. Love and light. Love and light. Six four six. Hello. Eight five seven. I'm here. Oh, Ashe. Ashe. Just hearing your voice. I'm glad you're here. Oh, uh, thank well, you. I, I I I do have a question. Um, mm-hmm. But not. Um, okay. I know. I, like when I was before, I you know I called and I was reading your bio, and I'm wondering, you know, the your background says that you come from a long line of. Um, I hate to use the word mediums. That's not like the proper word to use, but mm-hmm. um, I'm wondering when one has a gift and there is no guidance, how how can one go about developing their gift? You know what I mean? Okay. Usually you have like an elder that will tell you you have the gift of sight because mm-hmm. they have the gift of mm-hmm. sight and this is how you develop it. But if there's no one there to help you, how would you suggest one goes about it? Well, I'm going, to, I'm going to start by sharing this with you. Even though I come from a long line of, of people with different gifts and exceptional abilities, mm-hmm. they never spoke about it, not to me anyway, right? So I, what made me realize that I come from a long line is when I would hear of their deeds and when I reflected back on their routines that I would see going on, their rituals and just the way they did things, I came into the knowing that, oh, you're this or you're that or you have the ability. Now, for myself, I had no guidance. But, you know, um, I spoke on how we do things and we don't know why we do them, right? So I would do rituals. I would do certain prayers, uh, say them rather, I would go to certain places and interact with certain things, and it's almost like I just knew. I didn't know the name of something, but I knew what it could do. So I would incorporate it in my life. So for a lot of people um, who don't have that guidance, they are on some level already operating in the spirit with their gift. And what happens is 
you start to seek out like-minded or you, you, get, you start to get drawn to people who are manifesting their gifts in a like manner, such as yourself. I say. You know, and um, between that and in the age of information, meaning your ability to research, first thing I would suggest is to reflect within. If you feel there's something about yourself, if you notice, hey, I do things differently, or hey, I do this and there's no real explanation, no common explanation for why these things are happening, that's your first step. So first acknowledge what's going on. And then you have to reflect inside. You have to decide whether you're comfortable with the pursuit of that knowledge, if you're ready for the floodgate of information and emotion and manifestation that's going to come in. And this is just you by yourself now. We're not even talking about where you go for guidance because your first guide is yourself. You are your first guide. Once you know that, you'll be able to start calling on that ancestry knowledge that runs through your veins, that's in your DNA. You'll be able to start tapping into that, and there's different ways. I say that because everything is different for everyone. You know, um, one person's way is not, it won't work for the other person. So this is, your first step is going to be getting to know yourself, what you're comfortable with, how you vibe, how things make you feel. Once you realize that, you'll be able to start tapping into your environment because you're just surrounded by guidance. Nature is our guide. Oh, shame. If everybody was to fall off the planet, you have a set of guides that nature has provided, which will show you how to live, eat, breathe, you know, sleep. Nature tells us all these different things. So know that your guide can never be taken away from you because it's nature. That's your first. You're your first guide. Then your environment is your second guide. And with that, uh, you, you're going to start energy-wise drawing those individuals into your life that are meant to complement, challenge, and educate you, not always in a formal sense. It might just be a casual relationship. It might be a show. It might be a book. You know, I just started researching on my own, and then slowly as I started doing certain things, Every once in a while, an elder would say, you know, I was, like, I, my grandmother, she, she, she's Christian, and so I never thought she was anything prior to that. And she started to get wind of some of the things I was doing, and then that's when she let me know that she was a high priestess in, um, in Santeria. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Why didn't you ever tell me this? And, you know, I was like, here I am feeling like the black sheep freak of the family. But, it, see, it all made sense because the apple doesn't fall, fall far from the tree. So that's when I started to say, hey, is still so-and-so um, come to find out my, one of my uncles was a Baba Lau? I was like, what? You've got to be kidding me, you know, because these are people that are now, that have abandoned that form of thinking right? for whatever reason. So I didn't even get to, you know, and they just tell me, well, you just be careful. So that lets me know that fear had something to do with why they left it. 
And that fear, that's probably the same fear that kept them from passing it down, you know, and keeping that power going. And I think, and I'm not trying to be racial, <clears throat> make this a racial thing, but I think in the African-American or um, just here in America, people of a certain ethnicities, um, we are taught to abandon that type of stuff and embrace religion, Right. Yeah. And, and and the unfortunate part about that is it's like taking away that bloodline's power, almost. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not quite sure how to put it into words, but it's like we're abandoning our heritage of power and practice, which leaves certain of us for a long time wandering, you know, uh, very confused and conflicted about these abilities that we have. That's why you have yeah. to be very in tune with what it is that you can do because mm-hmm. it cannot be contingent upon someone guiding you. You have to acknowledge that you are the first guide and you are the most accurate guide. You know, you got to you know, take that into consideration. So I, I would advise someone to really sit down and and dissect what it is you can do, your views on that, your feelings about that. Be very clear so that you don't have any blocks. If you can remove those emotional blocks, you're going to have a, a floodgate open of information. And at the same time, um, at the same time, you're going to start to draw all the things that will help to guide and enlighten you on what it is and who it is that you are. Okay. Thank you, sis. Um, I I got the first the first part. I mean, me speaking mm-hmm. personally, the first part I've done. Um, mm-hmm. So I I acknowledge it. It's just mm-hmm. when the flux of information come in, mm-hmm. there's certain stuff. <laughs> there's certain stuff that I have asked to see while I'm sleeping because you know in my conscious mind it just it just freaks me out so that's why I was like okay I have okay. this gift I come from this West Indian family they don't do you know anything outside of Christianity don't do it don't talk about it don't 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 mention it and I think right. as I started getting older and as I was starting to have dreams and as the you know people weren't it, you know, the dreams were, like, confirming, okay, you know, you're pregnant. Or, you know, I had a dream mm-hmm. last night. My mother's in spirit. So I had a dream, you know, of her sitting with relatives who were in the hospital who I had no knowledge of of them being in the hospital. And I think people started to acknowledge in the family, wow, okay, she's got a gift. But now it's like, wow. all right, God, you've given me this gift. I want to use it because you wouldn't have sent, you wouldn't have allowed me to have it if, it, if I wasn't supposed to. I'm ready mm-hmm. for it but mm-hmm. just be someone who can help me understand this because, like, I was, they were, they were table feeding me, and I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm picking not up ready for that. Particularly, I'm picking up you still have some blocks. So even though yeah. you're saying all of this, you're going to have to go a little deeper. Um, you're going to have to go a little bit deeper to, to unlock those blocks because they're there. And that's what's 
that's what's um, preventing you from going to the next level. You know, okay. and I also pick up that you have to be aware of your environment because what's happening is, as you stated, you're surrounded by those who feel that that's taboo, that it's almost a curse because they're thinking like, first of all, they're thinking you shouldn't have that gift and you're not in their religion, their faith in the way that they think you should be. Meaning like it's almost like she shouldn't be able to do that because she's not worthy because she doesn't attend service the way we do. She doesn't behave and live the way we live. She's not devout like we are. That's an energy that's not conducive with your evolution, your spiritual evolution. So you have to be aware of that. Um, be aware of who you speak with because I know you're aware of um, what what they call sometimes the evil eye. Mm-hmm. Right? So that you have a couple of what I call the evil eyes trained on you right now. Okay? So they might they might not be doing actual spells, but that energy is definitely being sent your direction. You know, to to take you away from what's happening with you. You know, right. and 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 they don't want to see you grow in power because they don't think that you're deserving. And that's their ego. It's not so much that they have it in for you or they don't love you. Their ego is saying, why her and not me? Thus, she shouldn't be able to. You know, so you've got that going on. And I think there's a part of you that is sensitive to that. And that part of you that is sensitive to that energy is creating a blockade that is keeping you from um, going on to the next stages of your spiritual development. I agree. <laughs> so, so work on that, you know. Okay. So work on that. Work on that because you're, you're very in tune to other people's thoughts, okay, and they're bothering you even though you don't know it's bothering you. On some level, it's bothering you that you're looked at as uh, almost a heretic, you know, like blasphemy, like everything you do and say is blasphemy because who is she to do this? And that part of you that is sensitive and aware of that is keeping you from receiving the rest of your development. So you've got to do a cleansing to get that off of you. You have to do a reversal to send that energy back where it's coming from. Oh, shit. You know, and then um, I can't go into it now because we don't have enough time, but you can do the research on this. Do the research on um, crystals that help you with your dreams. Okay. And um, I would dress your sleep area especially your pillow. If you And I know it sounds so Martha Stewart, but make a dream pillow, or I call it a discerning pillow, like I create for my clients. And, and the discerning pillow that I create is based on their personality and how I interact with them and the vibes that I get from them. But I'll create a pillow full of certain herbs that has been dressed with certain oils that draw certain energy, certain vibrations, it helps them to vibrate on a certain level, thus allowing them to discern things that they needed to know. Okay. So so this is something you can do for yourself. You can contact me as well. I'm 
On Facebook, I'm Dawn of Divinity, and and through there you email me, and um, we can discuss if you want a reading or, or work or stuff like that done. Um, I even do consultations where if you want to set something out with me, um, we'll come to an agreement, and then from there I can instruct you on how to do it yourself. You know, whatever you're comfortable with. Ultimately, your goal is going to be, and it will be if you deal with me, to be able to do things for yourself. I don't want to keep people codependent on me when it comes to their spirituality. That's not what it's about. So, you know, even if you have me do work for you, I'm going to also try to help you to come into your own so that you can do it for yourself when you don't want to go to someone else. You know, but for you and what you just said, definitely um, start working with certain stone crystals and and keeping uh, diffusing or burning certain oils um, right before you go to bed. Uh Um, Anything that will make your environment conducive to the draw of information that you want. You want your spirit to be unburdened and free to travel, to gain knowledge, you know, and things of that nature. But for you, I advise you to first start by addressing you need to do a sea salt bath. Um, uh, I would do something with some sea salt first, you know, just to do some clearing of that evil eye going on. I do this. I have a whole glass vase of sea salt right in my bathroom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would take a nice bath. I would definitely do a nice bath with that, and then I would let myself air dry. I wouldn't rub off. Make sure that you submerge your head. I'm not sure if your hair do, but, you know, you might want to consider doing it at a time where maybe you're getting ready to redo your style so you don't mind wetting it. Right. Because you need to submerge your your crown because that's where the bulk of the burden is. It's on your crown, you know, so um, you want to remove that, and then I would come out into an environment maybe where you've been burning some frankincense and myrrh, you know, whatever works for you. We have three minutes left of the show. Um, I'm glad that you gave people your but Could you repeat it? Sure. Um, um, I'm known on Facebook as Nadia. Amunet, A-M-U-N-E-T, Hotep, H-O-T-E-P, Clayhar, C-L-A-H-A-R. But um, I've created another uh, Facebook page where it's more conducive for um, the work that I do, and that's Dawn of Divinity, D-A-W-N, Divinity, D-I-V-I-N-I-T-Y. And you can inbox me there, message me there on things that you might be interested in or you'd like me to help with or or anything of that nature. And also, um, coming soon, I'll be putting up um, the metaphysical line of products that I've now created and I'm trying to, you know, get out to the masses that are are requesting things from me. So, you know, all that information, um, we can proceed from there. So contact me through Dawn of Divinity. You can also find me in Yoruba House of Worship. You can contact me through there. And um, I think that's it. Is that it, Ian? <laughs> yes, I say. And soon we'll have our 
uh, website, which is uh, our, our new name is Ifa House of Worship. So we have changed it so that it would encompass what we do. We do we do the love that nature gives us. We give it back to the world. Ashe. Ashe. I want to thank everybody that tuned in, and I hope to speak to you next week. Don't forget, if you can come up with some things you want to share on how we can collectively uh, get some things accomplished, that would be wonderful on our manifestation of protection and, and peace, love and light. It's love. Okay. Okay. Oh, black magic has me in itself. That old black magic that you weave so well. Those icy fingers up and down my spine. The same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine. The same old tingle that I feel inside.